Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This one's for the birds, this one's for the city, this one for the fans that bleed green with me. Push down to 95 to the right is the link, with the team pulling up, knowing that they're getting beat. Exit Broad Street, right on Patterson, Xfinity Live, CPP, what's happening? Dub F Lot, stop by F1, fly, Eagles fly, you hear the song getting sung? What team in the league is number one? Bird Gang, Bird Gang, yeah, I said it twice. You heard me say it once, now you sure you heard it right. No lies being told, yeah, it's all facts. It ain't me. Green to Kelly, we don't rock with that. Any given Sunday, we don't ever slack. Yeah, we got an SP, time to run it back. And even on the road, yeah, we taking over. All you see is see a green like you at the Nova. Care less about your squad, bro, it's only us. A cheesesteak tailgate, yeah, we good, bro. Beer pong baptism, you already know. Con shot, tomato pie, bring three of fun. After every bird game, you know where to be. Fourth of John, NBC, in the heart of Philly. About the birds, about the birds, all about the birds. E Rock, Kel, Hollywood. All right. Okay, Piccolo bringing the fire in the music video debuting tonight for the new 4th and John intro. And here we go. Broadcasting live from NBC Sports Philadelphia Studios in the heart of the Wells Fargo Center. Where, by the way, I don't know if you heard this, Ben Simmons just drained a three. The whole place erupted, it was shaking. So we had to know that Ben Simmons drained a three. Here we go, Fourth and John, episode 105. Boys and girls, your Philadelphia Eagles have a winning record for the first time since week one after a big win against the New York Jets. Woo. Uh, big, big, big win, I don't even know if that's the right word. Big win. Predictable win, obligatory win, since the Jets have never beat the Philadelphia Eagles ever, like forever, ever, never beat the Philadelphia Eagles, but it was a win. Meh, okay, it's the Jets. But I'm not trying, I'm trying not to make the same mistake as Dallas Cowboys fans made, right? Where you puff out your chest mm -hmm. because you beat a couple bad teams. I mean, Dallas Cowboys fans, after they beat the Washington Redskins and the New York Giants and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they got all excited. They went into their closet. They scurried into their closet. They broke out their nice new pair of jorts. They put on <laughs> their nice new pair of jorts. They took those white sneakers, those white Nikes, and they Jordan, polished yeah. it up nice. They got their edges done right, and they thought they were winning the Super Bowl. Well, come to surprise, surprise, when you play good teams, you're paper champions. So I'm not going to puff out my chest or get too hyped up over the Philadelphia Eagles beating the New York Jets. That, that, that's fine. But honestly, Gail, I was a little surprised by the reaction. Because whereas you don't go over the top hype about beating a bad team, there was a lot of like, 
negativity coming out of that win, right? It, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a little curious. I mean, what, what exactly are Eagles fans upset about? Are, are they upset at the fact that they, uh, they won by 25? Or were they supposed to win by 30? That would have that made it okay. Are you upset at the fact that they got 10 sacks, that Brandon Graham finally got off this night and had three of them, they had 10 tackles for a loss? Is that what you're upset about? Are you upset that they held Le'Veon Bell to under 90 total yards on 22 touches, and now the Eagles have the number one ranked rushing defense in the NFL? Is that what you're upset about? Or are you upset about no turnovers by Wentz? In fact, his uh, last three games, he hasn't thrown an interception. Now, I get it. I get it. Carson Wentz didn't have a banner day. 17 to 29 yards, 189 yards and, a, and one touchdown, when he's been averaging at least 240 yards and two touchdowns. The offense only scored 17 points. I get it. They had nine more penalties. The defense especially. The defense, like a, like a, a little undisciplined there. Mm -hmm. In fact, I don't know if you knew this, Gail, the Eagles are fourth in, uh, uh, in offensive pass interference and number one in unnecessary roughness by like a large margin, undisciplined. Derek uh, Barnett. Yeah, and, and, and Doug <laughs> even said in the post-game press conference, when asked if the boys played well, he simply said no. But it's the Jets. The moral of the story is it's the Jets. You're not gonna crack open the playbook and take then dig out all the great plays so you can put them on film for the Jets. You're not going to go and have this, you know, go all out and bring your A-plus game against the Jets. The Eagles brought their C-plus game and still won by 25 points, and that's okay. Here's my biggest question going into this episode and into this week, because I'll revisit what I said about the schedule a couple weeks ago. Normally, when you break down a schedule, it's 4-4-4-4. Four, 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 four. You break it down in the quarters. I broke this schedule down into 5, 3, 3, and 5. Because if, I don't know who the Philadelphia Eagles are right now. They got off to a slow start, Thursday night football. They beat the Packers. That came out of nowhere. They beat up on the Jets. Okay, so what? I'm not sure who this Philadelphia Eagles team is right now, but we are going to find out in the next three weeks when you have to go at Minnesota next, the 3-2 and two team, at the Dallas Cowboys who you're fighting for the top spot in the NFC East with at 3-2. and two. And then a surprising Buffalo Bills team at 4-1. and one. We're going to find out real quick who this Eagles team is. Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagles Sessions on Twitter. How are you doing this evening, sir? I'm doing great. I mean, we got a dub. You know, at the end of the day, we got a dub. In the NFL, it's all about stacking wins. Uh, this is how you get to the playoffs. Uh, you can only play who's in front of you. And that's what the Eagles did prior to the game. I, I really wanted a curb stomp. This was a curb stop. Uh, the defense actually came out and got some sacks, put up some numbers. Mm -hmm. um, Jim Schwartz sent some blitzes. But, you know, guys at the back end of the rosters making big-time plays and big-time moments is, is very exciting to me. Like, I, you know, guys were getting sacks that normally don't get sacks. A guy off the street like Skandrick makes a big play. I mean, these are the kind of things you like to see from a championship football Obviously, we would like to see more cohesion with the offensive unit. Um, you know, the play calling, you know, like you kind of alluded to, I was, I was trying to rack my brain like, maybe they stopped showing stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, they, they thought they had it in the bag. I, 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 that's, that's, that's the feeling I got. So they maybe took their foot off the gas pedal. But there was some, you know, some little plays here and there, like, you know, them struggling on a third and one. You're just mm -hmm. like, 
get it. You know, like these, these are the kind of things that you, you start to question. But overall, you know, you got to be excited for the defense. They really showed out and they really, uh, you know, showed the dominance. You asked me right before we went on air, literally 30 seconds before we went on air, you asked me, are you mad at anything? And I said, save it for the show. Now you can tell by my the, the, you know rambling introduction that you know whatever it's the Jets if they if they didn't look great that's okay they didn't need to be great to to, to beat the Jets are you mad at anything because you see it on the timeline right you see like the negative like Carson Wentz got to be more accurate Carson Wentz got to do this why is Doug doing a play and then you, and then you just kind of are you digesting that with a with a splash of yo it's the Jets or are you upset about stuff I'm not really I'm not mad at anything I'm, I I I think. Uh... You know, I just thought I could have seen you know, a better performance from the offensive unit. You know, they didn't really score any that many points. The defense was putting up the numbers. Uh, I would just like to see more cohesion. I mean, there's, I mean, if there's anything that I could like pull out of uh, being a little bit concerned is, is Carson Wentz, uh, you know, protecting himself. There's That's there, what there, I was there was a couple about, plays there where you know he, sometimes you got to take the check down Carson. I've been you know I've been saying this for like months. Like his ability to just take the check down, take what the offense gives you. Um, you never go break. You know you never go broke taking a profit. And I really think that Carson Wentz. I mean you, if you saw that one player where he took a sack where Jordan Howard is in the wings, he got his knee bent up. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. That whole stadium went, I, you heard a collective teeth sucking, like, dude. But, yo, that play where he ducked that one dude, like, that's Carson Magic, mm -hmm. bro. That's, that was like Matrix. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and that's the yeah. MVP, Carson. That, that, those are those little flashes of that 2017 season when you're like, oh, my God, this dude is legit. He's for real. He's Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes. Like, he, would, he had the league on fire with moves just like that. It's great to see it against the Jets. Now we need to see it against better competition. Because I'm, I'm not about to sit here and pull a Dallas Cowboys fan and puff my chest over the Jets. Evan Hollywood Hearn, how are you doing this evening? I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm a little oh, bit disappointed. In, okay. in, not in the Eagles' play, but in our fan base. Because the first okay. thing that I heard, I heard people complaining after, after that after that win. And I, it just didn't make any sense to me. I understand where they're coming from with the defense scoring more points than the offense. The Eagles showed up and they beat them by 25. That, that's the bottom line. They got 10 sacks. Uh, we got some confidence. Going into that game, I wanted this defensive line to take advantage of a poor offensive line and a poor quarterback, and I wanted them to get their confidence up, get some sacks in them. They got double-digit sacks in that game. Like yeah. I, I totally understand that the Eagles' offense didn't play. It didn't drop 400 yards and three touchdowns, but like, really – what does it matter if we beat them by 25 or if we beat them by 40? Like, that, that, mm. that didn't make much sense to me. I think the Eagles really took their foot off the gas. I think that they didn't want to open up their playbook to anybody else. And them not running up the score on them, just obliterating them, didn't really bother me that much. And it bothered me that it bothered so many people. I, I, I completely agree with you. It was so refreshing to see the defense be dominant. Not that you didn't expect it, especially against right. the New York They Jets did what team. they were supposed to do. You did what you were supposed to do, but not only that, but you went that extra extra length where you start, like, I feel like this defense is like a group of sharks. 
and the blood is in the water. They swarmed. They were starving the first three weeks. Mm -hmm. They really didn't have it. They couldn't get to the quarterback. They couldn't create turnovers. They were missing tackles. They weren't blitzing. They were playing off. And now they've gotten a little taste of that quarterback meat. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where we were now Jim Schwartz is starting to blitz a little bit like like Jim like did 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 my eyes deceive me or did we actually see a corner blitz we did we did Skandrick does a nice job of uh blitzing off the corner yeah and so all you got to do is be serviceable at the cornerback position and now I feel like this defensive line like the defense as a whole is getting its swagger back mm-hmm. right at the exact right time because they boast the league's number one rush defense mm-hmm. and that's something that this team and the team that won the Super Bowl have in common. Like, listen, you control the ground game. And we're going to get into this a little bit because this is going to play right into our matchup preview with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. That's, a, that's a big part of it. But, uh, you know, speaking of the Minnesota Vikings, okay, because let's, let's get the Jets thing behind us because really, meh, you get good takeaways, some things they got to work on. But in the end, it's the Jets, and you move on. Vikings 3-2, and two, dead last in their division, which is kind of a weird anomaly because nobody in their division right now has a losing record. Yeah. Uh, 18th overall in offense, averaging 22 points per game. That's 16th. Offense, average. However, they do have the third-ranked rushing attack which, with Dalvin Cook, second in the NFL in rush yards at 5.9 yards per carry. The offense doesn't scare me. What, what, what does have me concerned is the defense. The defense can get the job done. Right now, fourth fewest yards, fifth fewest points. The defense, in even their losses, are clamping it down. So when you take a look at this Minnesota Vikings team, Gail, what, what are some initial thoughts as you preview this matchup coming up next week? Well, I, I go straight to the, the wide receivers. Um, Diggs and Thielen, this is probably the, one of the best uh, one, two punches. Um, the, those guys get heavy targets. I mean, last year they were heavy targeted. Each, each got double-digit targets um, against our cornerbacks. And you think about our cornerback play. Like, these are the kind of guys that, you know, can get, get separation mm. with their route running. Mm. So their ability to, to uh, get explosive plays. Explosive plays, they're the number two team in the league with explosive plays. Uh, you know, Dalvin Cook is having a great year, like you said, second in, in the league in rushing. Um, but, you know, these receivers can get up on you. But, you know, there's a, this, the Kirk Cousin, you know, I don't know if they're, there's the cohesiveness in their locker room. There's, they've had a lot of drama. Yeah, Kirk really, Cousins really. had to apologize. You know, there's been like, and I love to see that. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. There, no, you love there, to see There's it. something with Kirk Cousins that I, I don't know if it's a locker room thing. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he has the self-awareness. Um, it just doesn't look right. And it, Adam Thielen is a – that's everyone loves Adam Thielen in Minnesota. And if he's, you know, talking out the side of his mouth, like about the starting quarterback – I mean, he's he's putting them on front straight. So obviously, there's something going on. Oh, there. it's definitely Kirk Cousins. Is that because you heard the same kind of rumblings during his time with Washington? With Washington. Yeah. Like, like you either have that sort of leadership or you don't. You either have it or you don't. And all the selfish and alpha male stuff that maybe Carson Wentz was getting dogged for by certain people during the offseason on certain hit pieces, mm-hmm. right? All that sort of dominance and, and, and sort of that alpha male attitude that you have in Carson Wentz that makes him great, you don't have it in Kirk Cousins. That dude's just a – that's Ned Flanders. Kirk Cousins is real-life Ned Flanders <laughs> playing quarterback, you, you bro. You like that. 
You like that. Yeah, you like that. There, there, there's not there's not a bad bone in his body. He's going to Josh G. Willikers his way through the season. <laughs> you know what I mean? How are you supposed to be in a huddle and do the gosh darn it, guys? I hope we. Uh, well, you know when he was on sideline, he was huddle. like this. He was like to Thielen from the route. And Thielen's like, bruh. Bruh, yeah. Like, how are you, if you can't respect your quarterback yeah. and you think he's a nerd, how are you going to go out and play for this? And I think that's what they're doing. I mean, some Viking fans on the TL have been calling for Case Keenum. They're like, Case Keenum? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, I'd rather have Case Keenum than the Kirk Cousins. The $80 million oh, oh, wait, man. Yeah, yeah. You mean the guy who got his contract fully guaranteed and Vikings fans were all excited at the fact that yeah. they got Kirk Cousins and they thought that was going to take him over the hump? Meanwhile, Eagles fans, Cowboys fans, even Giants fans are sitting there like, all right. This is it. No, guarantee all that money. Go ahead and do it. When it comes down to it, he's the reason why – he's not the reason why you're winning games. He's the reason, reason why, why you're losing games. We're going to get back to him in a second. But uh, Hollywood, when you take a look at this Vikings matchup, mm-hmm. listen, the Eagles got three tough ones, three road trips. It's going to be a long time until we see them again back home mm-hmm. in November. Like, how are you looking at this particular matchup? I want Doug Peterson to stick to his word. He said that uh, Jordan Howard is going to be getting the bulk of these carries. I want him to continue to have a well-balanced offense. I think that's been the key for us these past couple games. Um, if we have not, it doesn't have to be exactly equal, but if we have a close mixture of running and passing, and then with that opens up. The, uh, the room for play action. And to be honest with you, I could see another uh, flea flicker happening in this play. Mm-hmm. Down the sideline, I could mm-hmm. see something like that opening up, and um, I think that's how we'll open up the deep balls with the run. They got to get a little bit more creative on the deep balls because that, that is especially something that's lacking with Deshaun out there. And there's been a ton of uh, beat writers who have put out the stats and all the analytics on, on the Eagles' woes of getting the ball, really pushing it down the field. But I feel like this... Minnesota Vikings defense is going to be susceptible, especially in the tight end games. Mm-hmm. Um, they had, you know, the, the Oakland Raiders, when they took it to um, the Minnesota Vikings, you know, one of their tight ends went off, went for over 100 yards. If this is the game, like, they didn't show a lot of 12 personnel versus the Jets, right? They didn't, mm-hmm. they didn't or did they? They showed some. Some of it, but, yeah. I felt, but I felt like it wasn't, like, predominantly, like, it wasn't featured. The tight ends, I, I felt like, weren't, Featured as yeah, much. I know Garda didn't. He only got like three targets in the game. Yeah, so I think this is the game where it's like, look, if you're gonna, they're gonna throw in a, a lot of protection, keep Carson Wentz protected, but also too with the running game being as effective as it's been the last couple weeks, and more importantly, the dedication to the run game. They'll get away from it, but they'll go right back to it. This is gonna open up a lot of opportunities for Goddard and Ertz, and I feel like at the end of the day, this is gonna be their game. Like this is gonna be the tight ends game for them. Yeah, I mean, if you if you see uh, that game uh, Ertz had against the Vikings in the NFC Championship, like he was, he had their their safeties in fits. I mean, Harrison Smith supposed to be All Pro, you know, uh, he had him fits in space. So I think if Ertz, he dial up Ertz, but I think like you alluded to earlier, the you know we're gonna have to stretch the field. Uh, we don't have a Tory Smith mm-hmm. at this moment. Yeah, that, and that's a basic don't have to vertical shun. threat. Yeah. You know, you'd love to have, but you see. Nelson Aguilar's weaknesses, when you know they, where's he been? They, the they, call, they call him a vertical threat, but he's when he tracks the ball, he's having some issues. Mm-hmm. Like he, I like I like Nelson Aguilar deep deep crosses posts when when you you start running fades and nine routes, he just kind of loses the ball a little bit. So I think they have to get. They gotta have to get on the same page. I would like to see uh, Mac Hollins get in there on an hour route. I know that's one route he can run. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. you know? But speaking of Aguilar, uh, you were late to the game. You were late walking into the game because we had a late celebrity appearance, right? At the oh, tailgate. Yeah. Tell me about it. I wasn't there for it. I was in the game, and uh, uh, my wife sends me a text message and be like, yo, Jag. Uh, They're or, throwing babies off the trailer. Yeah, and <laughs> apparently that video, I mean, that got picked up by like Sports Illustrated and stuff like that. Like somebody gave him their baby to hold and be like, oh, we're catching babies out here. But unlike Aguilar, stop by. Hockey Laws, he's. That dude's he's got a lot of character. He's a lot of a lot of a lot of presence already. Like in his early budding career as a as a, a star a in but like he he was loving it, yeah. loving all the attention. Everyone was loving him, uh, and then Dumphy, Dumphy as well. Yeah, I mean it was like uh, the vortex. Of, just as lovely in person. Oh my god! Oh, so many people went viral that week, and just they were really cool. I really I think they set the tone for the tailgate that day. That 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 it's got to be a rite of it, it's becoming a rite of passage. <laughs> That if you go viral on Twitter, having anything to do with the Philadelphia Eagles, your next step is to then show up at the Fourth and John tailgate. If you see any viral people online, that's what they'll be. That's oh yeah, we you know we we, we got to get them at the tailgate. I mean, we had another rock star, Geo. Geo was there. Absolutely. Was second a, that yeah. dude is. Yo, that tailgate. Like every every, every schedule, I go down and I kind of look at. Okay, where the home openers obviously going to be a big one, and then you start going down. Okay, what's going to be light? You know, where are the away games? And I really had the Jets game like kind of circled as a man. Well, not as a man, but like as a sort of okay, I can chill, I can relax. It's not going to be a big crowd. You know, there'll probably be 50, 60 people there, but it's not going to be mayhem. Yeah. Yo, the Jets game was mayhem. It was yeah. crazy. I think people were looking forward at those uh, that uh, away game stretch and thinking yeah. that this is the last probably warm tailgate they'll be able to get to. And yeah. Almost man. drank all the beer at the tailgate. Yeah. That's a first. Yeah. All 10 cases? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So it happens when Dumphy shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and and the and the uh, the the UK the British uh, Irish Eagles oh, yeah, group guys, they, they had a great time. They had a great time. Yo, it's so it's so much fun to see when people show up, you know, especially out of town, whether yeah. they're from California, Florida, Texas, but from the UK, for them to finally see what actually happens because everyone's been looking at it on social media. Everyone's seen the video. Everybody's seen like what we post or, right. the, or the tailgate cam or the videos of us walking around interviewing people but to actually be there it's kind of cool to see people it's cool to have those interactions as well I've, I've uh, passed few tailgates I've talked to multiple people from England and uh, different parts of Europe and just asking them how their sports environment compares to ours I'm asking them about their soccer teams and what like whether they're tailgating or just what the, the pregame atmosphere is like and like this really is like a thing that is maybe not uh, just to Philadelphia, but like an American thing, going out in the, the parking lots, drinking, tailgating. There was one guy from England that I had talked to, and he says to me that at no sporting event that he's ever been to in the world has he ever seen just a sea of that team's colors take over a city like that. He's like, Philadelphia is the only place I've ever been to in the world on game day where the whole city's just green. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I mean, yeah. One of the guys from the group, uh, Alex, uh, he, he, he put out a post, and I was reading it, and I was like, you know, he's like, so cool, cool to meet all of you guys yesterday. Honestly, one of the best days of my life. Jealousy is real, knowing you can do that every game day. And it kind of, you know, like... We I take t- it for granted, I, I t- honestly. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's I was the first thing I was yeah, like, yeah. I took it for granted, because, like, a lot of people don't get to do this. Mm-hmm. But he, just seeing the look on their faces and seeing how much a great time they had, mm-hmm. meeting everybody, and just, they were in their element. I'm and loving I'm all the new people that are, that are stopping home. by the tailgates, but uh, more are encouraged to stop by. 
Please, absolutely, and we will see you once again. When, when, when do we come home? We come home in November for the Bears game, right? The Bears November third, yeah. I believe. Yeah. The Bears get there's a good so they'll be look, gone speak, November. Speaking speaking of that five three three and five, I mean, okay, so you, so you so you get out of the first five, you're three and two. These these away games, you need to be two and one for the away games, mm-hmm. two and one for the home games. By the way, that's the most difficult part of the entire schedule. You got the Bears, who are uh, leading or tied for the lead in their division over mm-hmm. there. Uh, you've got the Patriots. Patriots. Obviously, that's a, that's a humongous game. Not only because it's Bill Belichick and the Patriots, because of all the Super Bowl things, but also too Carson's got to win that game. Yeah. Because yeah. if Carson loses to Tom Brady and the Patriots, and Nick Foles won, that's going to be kind of a little bit of a black eye on the mm-hmm. season. No, and, and then all of a sudden the doubters and the creepers, they start you know the Folesian society all of a sudden starts coming out again. And then you get um Russell Wilson. After Yo, Russell Wilson's hot. Right Russell now. Wilson is a man on fire this season. I think it's a, definitely a knuckle up, uh, you know, stretch. Like this is where either I, I think it, it makes this team. You know, I think mm-hmm. they're going to have to put their their the boxing gloves on and and, and fight this one out because there's a stretch of games where they have to really showcase what they got. And this is the meat and potatoes of it. Like you get you, you, oh, all right. So the first five games you went three and two. If you can go two and one on the road. And again, Minnesota, Dallas, Buffalo, and you and you come back and you win two out of those three, and then at home you win two out of those three against the Bears, against the Patriots, against the Seahawks, and then you really prove some stuff. Again, your last five, and I and I pounded this home earlier in the season. Your last five games are Miami, the New York Giants twice, the Washington Redskins, and Dallas at home. So you have the opportunity if you go, you've already you won three and two, <laughs> two and one for the away games, two and one for the tough home games, and then you go four and one. Let's just say you lose one of those games, you're already at 11 and five. Okay, that wins the NFC East. That gets you maybe, maybe a buy. Maybe if you go five and zero oh in those last five games, you can get that buy. Home field advantage throughout the playoffs. My expectations have swung so wildly. I mean, the last time, and thank you, Aton, for sitting in for me and filling in for me last week. But the last time I was here in this studio, I was singing the blues because my expectations for the season had changed. Called them average. Call them average yep. to the face, right in the camera. Call them average. And now here we are a couple weeks later, like thinking, okay, maybe maybe this team's back on track, but they absolutely positively have to prove it. Here's how you beat the Minnesota Vikings. I think I got the formula down, and I'm just going to rattle off the first three, um, the, the, the three keys to victory, because I went back and I started taking a look at the Minnesota Vikings and their losses and trying to find a common theme, a common thread to the whole thing. And I, and I do believe that I found it. Number one, you have to stop the run. I know that sounds cliche, but especially with the third-ranked rushing offense, and Dalvin Cook, who's absolutely lighting the league on fire right now, and as Jim Schwartz put it during today's press conference, it's almost like you're watching slow-motion highlight reels on fast-forward because the offense is moving that fast behind them. You have to absolutely positively stop the run. This is going to be a real grinded-out, gritty, in-the-trenches matchup when it comes down to the run game with the Eagles defense versus the Minnesota Vikings offense, right? Yeah, I mean, I have to, like, like you said, stopping the run. Like, I, I almost feel like I've been saying that every week. You make the team one-dimensional by stopping the run. And they, they've they really balled out against the run. I mean, the, the, the number one rush defense I mean, the, out there. The run defense has been phenomenal. I mean, look at the guys that have been, you know, trying to run on this team. Geis, 1.8 yards per carry. Devontae Freeman, 2 point yards per carry. Uh, carry on Johnson, 1.8. Uh, Aaron Jones, 1.6. Le'Veon Bell, 2.9 yards per carry. So they've been stout against the run. And I, I, 
Aaron Jones really scored four TDs on Dallas. Oh yeah, yeah no, no, that one. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> but I really believe that they're going to shut down their run game, and it's it's a matter of really defending the pass. I mean, these receivers can really get out our cornerbacks. That that's what I'm getting to. You shut down the run game, all of a sudden the ball is in Cousins' hands, and while you might say defending the pass and the receivers scare you, Kirk Cousins does not. Well, golly gee. Explain. Well, golly gee, Ned Flanders. Uh, <laughs> hot diggity, diggly wiggly. So, so you, you shut down the run. All of a sudden, now the ball is in Kirk Cousins' hands. That's exactly where you want it. Second key to victory is you have to get off to a fast start, all right? No more of this slow start stuff. There's a reason for this, besides the obvious, but I'll get to it. You need this first 15 needs to set the tone for the entire game. Score quickly, score often, because if there's anything that the last two games have proved for the Philadelphia Eagles is they play better when they're not playing from behind, when they're when they're not, when they don't feel like they have to play catch up. Mm-hmm. When Carson Wentz doesn't feel like he has to be Superman out there mm-hmm. and 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 try to do too much, which in turn puts him at a higher risk. For for getting hurt. Third key to victory, no penalties, no turnovers. I know that sounds cliche, but when I took a look back at the Minnesota Vikings, right, dating back to last year, I started taking a look at their losses Okay. from basically their bye week, which was in the middle of the season, through the 2018 season and into the 2019 season. Week 11, 2018 versus the Bears, Kirk Cousins, 30 of 46. They're asking them to pass the ball 46 times. 262 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. But you know why they were asking too much from Kirk Cousins? Dalvin Cook, nine carries, a total of 12 yards. Not only that, but the Minnesota Vikings went into halftime down 14 to nothing. So they shut down the run. Ball was in Kirk Cousins' hands. They were down in halftime. Week 13, 2018, against the Patriots. Kirk Cousins, 32 of 44, asking him to throw the ball 44 times. uh, 201 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. You know why they were asking Kirk Cousins to throw the ball 44 times? Because Dalvin Cook was under 100 yards. The ball's in Kirk Cousins' hands. And they were down, they, they, they were down 10 to 7 at halftime. Week 14, 2018, versus the Seahawks. Kirk Cousins, 20 of 33, 208 yards, one touchdown. Again, Dalvin Cook, 13 carries, 55 yards. They they were down at halftime, three to nothing. Are you starting to notice a trend? I'll continue. <laughs> Week 17, 2018, versus the Bears. Kirk Cousins. 20 of 33, 132 yards. 132 yards. We thought Carson Wentz looked lousy against the, uh, 33 the passes now. Yes. Uh, yeah, that, 131 <laughs> touchdown, no interceptions. But again, Dalvin Cook, 11 carries. How many yards? 39. They shut down the run game. And the Vikings did, were down 13-3 going into halftime. Week two this year versus Green Bay, Kirk Cousins, 14 of 32, 230 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. This was the anomaly because Dalvin Cook went for a buck 54. This was the anomaly. But again, they were down 21 to nothing. Week four, Kirk Cousins, 27 of 36, 233 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Dalvin Cook was held to 35 yards. They were down 10 nothing. So if we go back to the keys of victory, here's what happens with the Minnesota Vikings, and here's how you win this game. I know this is a little long-winded, but I'm making a point. You got all that out. That was impressive. Go ahead. <laughs> if you get off to a quick lead, quite fr- simply put, if you have the lead at halftime, you win the game. The, the, the Minnesota Vikings, I went back even further to the beginning of that season. If they, in, in no circumstance, 
If they had, if they were down at halftime, did they ever come back to win a game? Why? Because they abandoned the run. If you shut down the run, Dalvin Cook gets shut down, now the ball's in Kirk Cousins' hands, and Ned Flanders can't chuck the rock to these receivers. And if anything, the pressure that the Philadelphia Eagles front four now combined with Jim Schwartz's epiphany of the blitz. Oh, my God, he realized what a blitz is. If you're able to pressure that guy, Kirk Cousins will not win you games. He will cost you games. That is my argument to how you beat the Minnesota Vikings. I like it. Very impressive. Thank you. A lot of numbers there. A lot of numbers. I'm not a numbers guy, but I had to look. A lot I of analytics. This guy yo, with yo, the analytics yo, no, over here. No, I'm not. I'm not. You know, listen. I'm EFF not. over here <laughs> with the stats. EFF? EFF. EFF bringing the stats. Yo, don't. That's don't, a don't, hashtag right there. Hashtag no, no, EFF. <laughs> Wait, we're full-blown EFF on us over here. But um, they, they were really good stats, though. Thank you. But, that, but that, I think that's how you beat the Minnesota Vikings, is you control the line of scrimmage, you shut down the run game, and then you ask Kirk Cousins to win you the game, which he is incapable of doing. And again, if you get off to that fast start, if that first 15, if you're putting up points and you're able to score in the first quarter and in the second quarter, and not at any point since the beginning of the 2018 season when they've been down at halftime if they come back to win. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you rely on Kirk Cousins to win you the game, then that's where you get in troubled, troubled waters there. Like, I think, you know, players have to, like, play around him and, and ball out for him to, like, succeed. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, he, he has had a pretty decent uh, record versus the Eagles. He's, put, he's been put up, putting up uh, the last uh, two games. He's, he's thrown for over 300 yards. Um, but last season was 30 for 37, 301 yards, one touchdown. But um, I, I think, you know, if he does know some of the weak spots in this defense. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, if, if I think the quick passing game is really if – if I'm offense, that's where I, I attack. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think some of the things that Jim Schwartz needs to do is, you know, like throw some wrinkles in it. The one thing that scares me about this Vikings offense is the wide receivers, honestly. Well, and Dalvin Cook, obviously. Mm -hmm. But – uh, having Stefan Diggs out there and Adam Thielen, we got, you know, Craig James. He's going to be starting another game at corner. He played well, but we're talking about two top-tier wide receivers. So We're talking about two top-tier wide receivers, but any, any good defensive coordinator, will, the first thing they will try to do is take away the thing that you do best. Simply put, I mean, when, when the Eagles were having their woes in 2018 trying to repeat as Super Bowl champions, one of the things that you constantly saw the defenses play the Eagles like they're going to bracket coverage Zach Ertz, they're going to take away your best receiver, and, uh, you know, they, they, they know you're not going deep, so they're gonna, now they're going to start playing man to, a lot more man-to-man. -man. Uh -huh. They're going to start making the linebacker dictate what you're going to do in the RPO game. So, I mean, they, these, these defenses – I forgot where I was going with that. Where was I going with that? Where you, lead us to the water. <laughs> EFF just totally broke down. Spence is cracking up, dude. I forgot. I, I totally forgot where we were going with that. Yo, do we got any Facebook tw questions or Twitter questions? Let's let's go right to that. All those EFF stats. We, we, Yo, uh, this is what happens when well, when Erock tries to talk well, too I, many uh, numbers. It's like, yo, you get the Windows 95 blue screen of death, and it just freezes up. I have a. Uh, Yo, you ever do you ever talk so much? Like you're talking so much, and you're like, where am I going with this? Like, what am I talking about? Oh, yeah, I, I still have no idea what I was talking about. But go ahead. Let's we go are the Twitter off question. the rails. We are off the rails. <laughs> Let's go for so it. So I got, I got a question before I ask a Twitter question. Any, any sympathy for Jay Gruden out there? 
Not at Fellas? all. No, not at all. Not at all. Yo, did you see that video? Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. <laughs> Yikes. Like, how are you at a bar? And your team Wait, is, is, it, is that old or new? That, that, that was supposed to be a couple years old, and, and, and apparently, like, you know. Oh, another, I thought that was. blog had it, but didn't want to be jerks, so they didn't show it. But, yo, how are you a professional head coach? Smoking doge outside of a bar and expect nobody in this day and age. He's sitting like Indian style, like on the, uh, on the ground. With a girl on his lap. Yo, he almost looked like he was at the fourth and John tailgate. <laughs> he did. Right? You know what I mean? Like Now that he doesn't have anything to do on Sundays, Jay, come on down. <laughs> what a dumpster fire that team is. What a dumpster fire that organization is. Yeah, that organization is a mess, dude. Their front, I, I, their front office Levar, is the Levar crux Levar Arrington was saying uh, today, he was saying that um, Schneider – he has this thing where you have to – you can't make eye contact with him if you're not a certain level of, uh, you know, person within the franchise. Like, or if you're a player, you have to address him as Mr. Snyder. Wow. That's a lot of cojones for a guy that's never hired a winning coach. That's called no self-awareness. Really? Never hired a winning coach? The, the, the coach that had the highest winning record with him was, was at 500 exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dude, that is terrible. I think he said like somewhere between six and eight head coaches. Not one of them has ever think, had a winning record. I think Brittany record. on the timeline was like, "Hey, I think I think I think we're gonna get." Uh, oh, here we go. Thank you, trucks. You, you think we're gonna get uh, like sweet tickets? Like, hey, we can get in. We can get sweet tickets like for real cheap for seventy-five dollars. I'm like, I'm not buying tickets like now. Do we buy? T- when we go down to DC, we buy tickets like in the parking lot thirty minutes before the game because they mm-hmm. go down to like they're, they're nothing. They're like twenty dollars a ticket. I got. It's like go, it's like going to a Phillies game. There's like you know what I mean. At the end of the season, there's nobody there. These these are all the head coaches that have been hired by Dan Snyder. First, it started with uh, Marty Schottenheimer. He went eight and eight, and then there was Steve Spurrier. Went twelve and twenty. R. Chip Kelly. Joe Gibbs went thirty and thirty four. What were they thinking there? Jim Zorn. I had him twice too. Jim well, Zorn like went twelve them. and twenty. Mike Shanahan went 24 and 40, and Jay Gruden ended 35, 49, and 1. So basic ball has been going on in Washington. If you're a Redskins fan, like, how do you even support this team anymore? Well, I mean, this is the same organization where they had, like, uh, fans, like, watch the cheerleaders. Did you see that? No. That story that broke, like, last. Go Google What do we it. do, shield our eyes? Oh my, but, but, by the way, there was a soundbite that dropped this morning, and, it's, and shame on me for not, uh, for not, for not grabbing it. They, uh, they had like a media press conference, and somebody in the media asked the owner, like, listen, do you, do you apologize for the fans? Like, attendance has been at an all-time low. You've got incoming fans absolutely taking over your stadium. It's an embarrassment to the city. It's an embarrassment to the organization. Like, what are you going to do to help prevent that from, from happening again? And right away, th- their response was, well, you know, if our season ticket holders – didn't sell the tickets for dirt cheap on the secondary market, maybe we wouldn't have this problem. Or something along the lines of that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being, in the, being an owner, being a general manager, being anybody who represents that organization and saying that kind of thing to your fans? Like, yo, I know we, our ineptitude and our inability to actually like, put a good product and a good football team on the field, has not, it's all you people who are selling tickets to opposing fans. That's a disgrace, dude. That stadium is a disgrace. It, it is. It needs a new uh, coat of paint. What, else, what do we got? All right, we got Gonzo checking in. Yo! Right. Uh, he wants to know, given uh, the offense's less than stellar performance against the Jets, how confident are you in their ability to score points against the Vikings next weekend? 
Pretty, I mean, pretty good. Again, I don't think they were showing a lot against the Jets. I don't think they were kind of opening up. They, like, look, don't put more on film than you need to against the Jets. Your defense outscored the Jets. Like, it's not. it, it wasn't imperative for them to bring their A game. Uh, and I don't think they did. And I think they made a lot of mistakes. And they maybe kind of took their foot off the gas and, and, and treated it like, like they're coming off of a little mini bye week. This is a little bit of an extended vacation, maybe a little appetizer right. to this three- a way game stretch, but uh, I, I have zero lack of confidence in this offense of being able to score. Just to touch on what you said real quick, I don't know how you can't be confident if the Eagles were half asleep during that game and still won by 25. Half asleep. Literally that, half asleep. Yeah. I still, I still think they have more in their tank, and they, they still haven't showed us what kind of uh, offense they can be. I mean, they, we got a, a quick glimpse in that, that Green Bay Packer game where you had like a, uh, you know, even with the run, even with the pass, but I think they still got more in the tank. And uh, I understand the reservation. I know Xavier Rhodes is actually uh, he's he's had had a pretty down year. He's been either banged up, but uh, is currently allowing 81.5 percent of passes thrown his way to be caught this year. Jeez, I, a lot of the Vikings fans have been uh, down on his play this year. So I think you know a healthy Alshon uh, could definitely put put in work on him. This is going to be the tight end game. Mark my words. Go ahead. What else have we got? Um, Mr. iFlow wants to know, uh, who is your offensive and defensive MVP so far, and who are the players or player that surprised you so far for the Birds? I've been really impressed with the way Rodney McLeod has played. Okay. I feel like he's flying around the ball. It's a good one. He's making some plays. I've, I, I, I haven't been mad on him. I just think he's been... Up to this point, like a good sa- good safety. I, I don't think he's ever done anything real great. But just he seems to always be around the ball, even tackles for a loss, even up around the line of scrimmage, breaking a pass. I think he's leading the team in tackles. Is he? I think so. I think he's got his juice back. Yeah. You know, he's, he's got his legs back. Once okay. he realized he can, you know, yeah, coming off that injury, I think now he knows he can run around the field like he used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but McLeod, that's a good one. Uh, is, is he your surprise or is he your defensive MVP? He, he would be uh, both. He would be my surprise and my defensive MVP. Offensive MVP, MVP would have to be... Um, oh, here. But I want to go Jordan Howard. I really want to go Jordan Howard because all of a sudden I'm having reservations. Like Brandon Brooks? Brandon Brooks. He, he, He's been solid, really solid. Here's a, here's a question to piggyback off of that question because I've been thinking about this one for a while. We automatically assumed going into the season that Jordan Howard was going to be a one-year rental and was really traded for just because of that Joe Douglas connection and, if anything, gave him flexibility in the draft. So if they didn't get a running back, not a big deal. We got Jordan Howard, but they got Miles Sanders. Now that you see the way that Miles Sanders is playing the game, and we automatically we went into the season assuming that he was going to be the feature number one back, and all of a sudden he was going to be the reincarnation of Brian Westbrook for whatever reason. He's trying to re-sign Jordan Howard. Listen, dude. Early. I'm not opposed Listen, to it. Listen, dude. Early? All, all of a sudden you look at Jordan Howard and you realize, okay, one of the reasons that the 2000, one of the many reasons that the 2018 season was not successful. And something that fans were clamoring for is they should have kept LeGarrett Blunt. They should have kept LeGarrett Blunt. They should have kept because all of a sudden you saw that running back stable get real thin, mm-hmm. real unexperienced, and real injured. You have the opportunity here if if Jordan Howard's playing the way he's playing and Miles keeps developing the way he's developing. All of a sudden, you have one of the nastiest two-headed monsters in the league. I'm already on the re-signed Jordan Howard train. Okay. Interesting. 
I mean, I, I just like watching his game. Like him running the inside zone, like I feel comfortable. Like him running like a four-yard uh, gain, but the way he does it with his own style, you know, pushing the, pushing the pile, move, uh, you know, getting yards, falling forward. That's a guy who always falls forward and has a nose for the end zone. Like you see him down by the goal line, he has a plan in place. Like you know he is like – gonna score if you're on the one yard line that's yeah. why that that third and one they had during that against the Jets and they, they didn't give it to Jordan Howard I'm like why not no oh, absolutely you and, know, and, and this in those situations yeah this is one of those things like you, you you take a look at like between from from between the 20s that's Miles Sanders territory because you can't expect Jordan Howard to run those wheel routes and make some of those catches at Miles Which Sanders. Was, that was a pretty yeah. throw by uh, Carson the Amazing, oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, you get in the twenties. That's Jordan Howard territory. And let's say you don't have Miles Sanders. Is that run game as effective? Or now you're leaning more on Corey, who's fumbling the ball. You got the got the little fumbleitis there, mm-hmm. and, and and older Darren Sproles. And if you don't have Jordan Howard, are you able to punch it in the way you've been able to punch it in the red zone? The Eagles have been very effective in the last two games in the red zone. Yeah. And big big part of that is Jordan Howard. Yeah, Howard sets the tone for the run game, and I think you know. Doug Peterson actually alluded to it in one of the conferences, press conferences, saying that, you know, Miles Sanders is actually learning from Jordan Howard. Uh, he's a great guy to, like, follow in the footsteps. Where the holes actually open up. The patience that he takes to hit these holes versus a Miles Sanders who might just run straight toward the hole uh, and take, take some time. But I think Jordan Howard, he's having a little rebirth here. Uh, of his career. Mm-hmm. Hit me with another question. Uh, Justin Moore is checking in on Facebook, and uh, he wants to know, we, we've talked about Jalen Ramsey, we've even brought up Chris Harris Jr. a little bit, but there was some uh, speculation around Von Miller's name this week. Thoughts on that? I, I, I saw that, but I, how real was that? Yeah. That, that, I is think, there anything real? I, I think that was just somebody threw it out there, like why? I mean, Chris Harris, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd sniff on that. Um, like you know. the, 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 rea- the reality of the cornerback situation is, is the longer this Jalen Ramsey thing continues to go on and on, the, least, the less, less likely, likely the Eagles are, to, or, or really anybody is, to really acquire him. This is why I was like, you know, when, it, when everyone in the beginning is like, yo, just trade for Jalen Ramsey, whatever it takes, do the deal, do the deal. It's a multi-layered thing. Well, it's whatever. not as easy as it looks. First of all, the Jags don't even want to get yeah, rid of so him. There's, there's no whatever it takes if the, the Jags don't yeah. want to trade him. I mean, the, the owner want, doesn't want to trade him but I feel like the team might want to trade him. But the owner has the last say. And they'll, they'll sooner get rid of Tom Coughlin than they will Jalen Ramsey. And the only way Jalen Ramsey's getting himself out of there this year is if he goes full Antonio Brown, and you never go full Antonio mm. Brown. You never go full Antonio Brown. So, so the Jalen Ramsey thing, okay, if the team doesn't want to trade him, they've already reportedly t- turned down two first-round picks. If the Eagles are playing the way they're playing and are supposed to go the places that they're supposed to go and every, they meet the expectations that at least this fan base has for them, that's going to be two late first-round picks. If they've already been offered by any other team, you have to assume it's going to be kind of right there or below it. So now how much are you really, really willing to give up to get Jalen Ramsey? Not only that, but there's a contract extension that needs to be signed that he needs to agree to pre-trade. You know what I mean? So it's a multi-layered thing. I think there's less than a 10% chance. I thought that a week ago. I'll rephrase that. There's less than a 5% chance right now that the Eagles are able to make a move to acquire Jalen Ramsey. However, I do think that there is an 80% chance that before the trade deadline, they will go out and get a veteran corner of starting caliber 
that uh, that they can plug in and play right away. Uh, somebody who's reliable, maybe not the flashiest name, maybe Chris somebody, Harris. Chris Harris, maybe somebody Chris a Harris. little long in the tooth or a little bit of a Chris, 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 Chris Harris, but it's not going to cost you much. He's been vocal already. He, 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 he saying? Chris Harris. Chris he's, Harris. Like, he's like, I'm counting down name. the days. Yeah. He's like, I am counting down the days. What's your thoughts on that, Chris Harris guy? Chris okay. Harris. There's nobody, buddy. <laughs> no, there's no, what, no one, one else <laughs> but Chris Harris. We're just joking. Okay. What's in this? <laughs> this got me all thrown off today. Hashtag EF. Uh, wrap it up with one more question. Yes. All right. So, uh, Puga, friend of the show, wants to know. I mean, we've got we had the Atlanta trip earlier this year. We had the Buffalo trip trip coming up. He wants to know when we're going to make our trip down to Jerry World. Ooh. I mean, I think that needs to happen. Does need to happen. Spur of the moment trip. You, you know what? As much as I would love to go down there, I don't know if I can open my wallet and pay money in the state of Texas. I don't know about that. I don't know if I can bring myself. Are you scared? I'm not scared. No, it, it's it's about <laughs> opening my hard my wallet for my hard earned money and spending it in that so economy. That Jerry, in that economy. I don't know if I can bring myself to do it. But I know I, a lot of people agree with me, but too. But, you, like, you're in the belly of the beast. That's when you have to, like, you just have to go. Plus, I— You got to put on your shield and, and knuckle up. Listen, I don't want to knuckle up in Dallas, and, 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 and I, I'm never one to, like, toot my own horn, but I guarantee you so there's going to be some Dallas fan down there that recognizes me as that jerk from Twitter. <laughs> and I've been talking so much crap hey, over the years. that's like, E-Roll! Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, that's the guy! And, and, like, look, it's going to be a problem. I will not spend my money for Jerry Jones. I know, I know Prime went down there, and uh, you went on the star, didn't you? Did you, did you spit on it? Worse. He said worse. worse. We can't right, say prime, what prime. he did. Come here. Come here. <laughs> I, I, I want you to take a he look did, at He did the dog butt wipe on it. Okay. Can we pan up a little carpet. bit? Can we pan up a little bit? This right here is my head of security. <laughs> this is Prime. This is why he's able to go on the Dallas Star and do what he does. Look at those traps, son. Look at, look at, look at this man. Like, you see that man on the Star, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't going to step to him. Now pan to me. Now pan to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? You might, you might swing. Where the traps, you, son? You, you might take a swing. Where you might the, see where, this where, mug. Where the traps, All son? All five foot six, 160 pounds of me, and you're like, eh, I'll do it. I'll, 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 I'll go for it. I'll do it. We're going we're gonna to go viral real quick. We're going to take a swing at E-Rod. I'm not going down to Jerry World. Come Forget on, that. man. You got, we, we have to, as a, as a group, we have to what make that journey. What if we pack journey. our own food? We have to make that journey. We'll, we'll pack like 150 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and we'll just <laughs> eat that Hey, hey, hey we're go, we're, we are going to Dallas next year. You can go to Dallas. No, we all are going to Dallas. Says Spencer year. claps. He's ready to go. Spencer, you can, you, can put on the, you can put on the hat. You can pretend to be E-Rock for the week. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Do we got anything else from Facebook? Any other questions from Facebook or Twitter? I think we're all wrapped up. All right. In um, the uh, – oh, go ahead. No. You good? Chantel came to the uh, yes. tailgate. Yes, please tell the story. Before we get on out of here, um, it was uh, a great surprise to have also Uncle Don. Don Spence yes. came out here, uh, brought a little a little gift for Levi, uh, and, and she was she was she was surprised, you know, to mm. see to see him. But uh, uh, Don, Don's a good guy. Don gave a, a nice little coin to Levi. Levi yeah. enjoyed it. Got to put on the ring. 
Uncle Don, like, first of all, hats off to Uncle Don. He's, he's been tremendous. Coming down to the, the tailgate. Hashtag Uncle Don. Hashtag We've made Uncle Don. Uncle Don a thing. Uncle Don is the man. He's what horrible. Up? Be like, the, the Don Smolensky's here. How do you know Don Smolensky? No, 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 uh, you uncle. mean Uncle Don? That's my uncle. Yeah. That's just what I tell him. That's my <laughs> uncle. And we're both bald. You know, he got the height in the family. But, yeah, that, that, that's my uncle right there. All right, before we get on out of here, a couple of pieces of business. Number one. We are heading up to Buffalo. I cannot wait for this trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will not be doing anything like that one guy did. Did you see that? Yeah, he missed Bruh. the table entirely. You want to I, see a dead body? I, yeah, like, you, you know, like the you reaction like of everybody of, around them? I showed Spencer that thing when we got here in the beginning. He was like, oh my God, that, that dude's dead. So I am not going to be doing that. However, I will be thoroughly upset, disappointed in myself if I don't go through a table, get slammed into a table, choke slam. Eddie Guerrero maybe top of an RV like frog splash style. I was thinking prime splashing you. Uh, no, we need, we, need a, we need a member of Bill's Mafia. The week before we go, I am contacting Bill's Mafia and I am telling them, listen, you either need to bring me to your leader, whoever that might be, or you need to find yourself the biggest, baddest dude you got. And choke slam me through a table. That absolutely has to happen. But we're going there. The point of the story is we're going there with the Green Legion. And last time we went to Atlanta, we had an absolute ball. A ton of listeners uh, used promo code John when they booked their trip. And they got to sit next to us at the game. That mm-hmm. was awesome. They do have uh, tailgate only, ticket and tailgate, hotel and tailgate, hotel pep route, the whole thing. Anything you want, just visit them. Take a look at the packages. Please use promo code JOHN so you will party with us. Also, our design tree shop is on sale, Gail. Did you know that? Obviously, you knew that. You came in with a hoodie. It is hoodie season. Uh, If you use the hashtag hoodie, S-Z-N, season, uh, (laughs) you will get $15 off a $50 order because obviously these, uh, these hoodies get a little expensive. So we're trying to help you out. Get warm for the tailgates. Yeah. And we have a book fair. Shante is having her uh, her book mm. October 12th uh, from 3 to 7. Uh, you have to check out her book that, that she wrote. Um, absolutely. You should be there. You should she be gave there. my kids a copy. They enjoyed it. They already read it. Yeah. They enjoyed it. Yeah, like absolutely. It? And, of course, uh, thank you to Bud Light as well for sponsoring the tailgate. We are obviously going to need more beer for the next <laughs> tailgate because we way burned through it. And uh, Tina showed up to the tailgate for the first time, Concha Hawken Bakery. She saw the tomato pies and everybody enjoying the tomato pies that she makes. Concha Hawken Bakery, please. Best tomato pies in the Philadelphia area. Check them out. Uh, anybody else got anything before we get on out of here? I'm I, ready for some sweet, sweet Minneapolis tears. Oh, we didn't even get to the Minnesota fans. Oh, it's going to we'll be delicious. Save it. We'll save it. We'll save it for Foles. the next show. Foles. And oh, until Foles. next time, Foles. we will see you next Foles. week. Go Birds. Thanks for tuning in to Fourth and John. Hot mess E-Rock. <laughs> EFF. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.